worship our God. Let's all stand to our feet, and we are ready to go.
the miracle-working God. We bless your holy name. We hope in you, God. We hope in you.
shout. You are good, God. You are good. You are all our hope. We put all our hope and trust in you. You are my God. You are my refuge, my fortress, and I trust in you, Lord. What a fellowship. What a joy to my Thank you that you hear our prayers and you answer. You are so good to us, Lord. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to pay. Should 
for your forgiveness and your abounding love, Lord, to all who call on you.
good God. You are good God. Be glorified in this place today, Lord. We just pray that we will just, that we've touched your heart and that you will just change us to make us more like you, God. We love you. We praise you. We thank you that you're here with us, Holy Spirit. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Give him another shout. We love you, Lord. You are awesome. You are awesome. Be glorified in this place. Be glorified in me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hello? Oh, hi. Mics are hard. <laughs> hi. So, we're going to take offering. Um, when I was thinking about what I wanted to say tonight, I, I thought to Leviticus, which most of you know as the you can't do this and you can't do that and that kind of thing book in the Bible. But there's an interesting little story in there about some farmers that are setting some crops up. And the farmers are told to leave the corners intact so they'll harvest the rest but they'll leave the corners intact and i was thinking this is a great example of tithing it's leaving space for god it's leaving something in place of what you're doing for god and trusting that god's going to use it in an amazing way because it doesn't make a lot of sense to set all these seeds out and grow all this stuff spend all this time and then you leave some of some of it alone so that's kind of how like budgets go and things like that god wants you to leave space for him not only in like monetary ways too, but also in your life as well. Leave space for God. So I was just thinking about that today, how uh, I want to leave corners open for God. I want to leave space for God in my life. And things can get hectic. You can be thinking about your crop and thinking about harvesting all of that and doing everything you want to do, but you got to leave space for God and give the corners to God. So the ushers will come forward. We will pray. If uh, you would like to give, you can do so with cash or check. Those are great. You can text. That's pretty cool. You can go online. Uh, lots of different ways to give. There's kiosk on the back. Those are cool. So any way like that, you can give. It's awesome. All right, so here we go. God, I just thank you for this day, God, and I thank you for everything you do for us, Lord. I pray that as we go through the rest of the week and the rest of this day that we just make space for you, God, both uh, financially, in our lives, in everything that we do, we make room for you, God, because... We should be leaving our hearts open for you, God, and whatever you want to do for us. We have to trust that you know what you're doing and that if we give you something, you're going to make something amazing out of it. So, God, I just pray that we remember that today. And I just bless this offering. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go into the teaching tonight, I just kind of want us just to sit wherever you are and just relax for just a moment. Sometimes I think on Wednesdays we come in and get everything going. And the Lord just really spoke to my heart today that before I teach tonight, before I go in that type of message, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to every one of us if we just be still for just a minute. And maybe you're weary, maybe you're tired, maybe you've had a lot of going on in your day to day, and maybe you haven't had time to just be still. And so tonight, I want you to have a moment just to be still and sit there and just let the Holy Spirit minister to you to worship in this song, this very simple song. And I believe sometimes the most simple songs are the times I worship the best because I don't have to focus on things. 
Just in preparation for tonight, I just felt like people here just need something. So we're just going to let God give them time to do whatever he needs to do. And sometimes we get so caught up in doing for God that we forget to let God touch us. And sometimes we get, this is the way it's going to be, boom, 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 boom. And uh, I just felt like today God just said, hey, you know what? Just take a moment. And I pray he's spoken to your heart. I see a lot of people shaking their heads, so that's good. That's good. Well, tonight I want to talk about triumph. Triumph. <laughs> Have you ever tried and tried and tried and tried and tried, and then, and then your parent would tell you, well, try, try, try what? Again and again and again. And have you ever gotten to the place where you look at somebody and go, I'm tired of trying. Ever been there? I'm just tired of trying. I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. It's not working. I'm tired of trying. But then my mom would tell me things like this. Well, there are some things that are just tried and true. They're tried and true. And so she always encouraged me to keep on trying because if you keep on trying, you will triumph. It's the people that quit trying that don't ever triumph. And so tonight, I need you to get more oomph in your try. I think sometimes on Wednesday night, we're like, well, man, I'm tired and wore out. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing. Well, you need more oomph. So tonight, we're going to give you more oomph. It was said, we will keep on trying to win. We will try until hell freezes over, and then we will fight them on the ice. I like that, don't you? I love it whenever I had teammates that never would quit, that never would give up in the middle of a game. I didn't like it whenever somebody was on my team and they just go, well, what's the use? It's over. It's not over till it's over. That's right. And so you keep on trying until it's over. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 29. And tonight, I want to use scripture from the Message Bible. So if you do not have a message translation on your phone, your iPad, whatever you may have, please read it with me on the screens. <clears throat> Paul says this, I've worked much harder. I mean, you feel like that way sometimes. You're the hardest worker you know. I've been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count, and at death's door time after time. I've been flogged five times with Jews, 39 lashes. Beaten my Roman rods three times. Pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times, immersed in the open sea for a night and a day, in hard traveling year in and year out. I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends. Anybody ever had to struggle with friends? <laughs> Come on, raise your hands, both of them. And struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city. I've been at risk in the country. Tell you what, Paul couldn't get away from anything, could he? Go in town, get in trouble, go out of the country, get in trouble. He's been in danger by the desert sun, by the sea storms, 
Betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. Anybody ever been there? Betrayed by your closest friends. I've known drudgery and hard labor. Many a long and lonely night without sleep. Missed many a meals. Blasted by the cold. Naked to the weather. And that's not even half of it. Good Lord, Paul. Come on, man. When you throw in the daily pressures and the anxieties of all the churches, I know a little bit about that. When someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. When someone is duped into sin, my, an angry fire burns in my gut. How many of you have gone through all the things I just read tonight? Not one hand is up. Come on now. Everything I just read, you've been in the desert and the seas. and uh, No, you haven't. No. You may have gone through one or two of these things. And sometimes we just go through one or two things... And we want to do what? Quit. Give up. I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what to do. I'm just tired of trying. But Paul kept on trying until he triumphed. Kept on trying. Man, I think if I was Paul, I would have given up. Especially when he was beaten with rocks. If you read the Bible, he was beaten at rocks with Lystra. And they left him and they thought he was dead. Most theologians say he actually was dead and God resurrected him from the death. I mean, wow. And then you want to keep on being nice to people and keep on preaching. You go into the cities. I mean, you get in trouble. People are wanting to hurt you, kill you. You go out in the country. People are trying to kill you. You have foes and then you have best friends that turn on you. I mean, come on. Some of us, we need more oomph in our trying. We need more oomph. And I got to tell you, every day is a challenge, isn't it? Every day has enough trouble of its own. And so every day is a challenge for us to be triumphal. We have to get out of bed every morning with this kind of mentality. I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, and then I'm going to try, and I'm going to try, and then I'm going to try. And then when I get through with that, I'm going to try, and I'm going to try, and I'm going to try. Why? Because sometimes we are one try away from triumph. You just try one more time, you'd have triumph, but you quit. And sometimes people quit too early. How many of you know a guy by the name of Walt Disney? Know him? He built this little resort in Florida called Walt Disney World. And there's another one in Europe. There's another one in California. Millions of people every year go to these resorts. And when he tried to get something started, he needed to borrow money. So how many of you think, what do he do? Well, he go to a bank. Well, he went to the first bank and they denied him a loan. Went to the second bank, they denied him a loan. Can you imagine denying Walt Disney a loan? Went to the third bank. I'm not going to keep going because he kept trying and trying and trying because he believed in what he was doing. Over 301 banks denied him a loan. 301 banks denied him a loan. But he walked into the bank 302 and they said, yes, we'll give you a loan. What if he had quit at 301? How many of you have been discouraged when you didn't get a loan for a car? Didn't get a loan for a house? Oh, it's over. Life is done. I quit. How would you like to go to 301 different loan agencies and they all turn you down? How many of you would keep on trying till you triumph? Walt Disney was a great man. He did a great thing for life. I've spent a lot of money and my own money at Walt Disney World. Taking my kids several times. 
I'm glad he kept on trying. I'm glad Paul kept on trying. Aren't you? Because if it wasn't for Paul, about a third of the New Testament wouldn't even be there today. But he said, I have missed many a meals. I've had long, hard days of labor and hard nights of no sleep. I've been naked to the weather. I mean, he had every kind of peril brought against him in life, but he did not quit. What about this guy named Columbus? Remember this guy, Columbus? What did he do? Did he do anything of significance? Yes. Well, he got three ships and the Anna Maria and the Santa the Pinto and all those things. You got him. He get up and, and just smooth sailing. It was wonderful every day, good blue skies and calm seas and just enough wind to propel the ships. And he just came to America. No, that wasn't what happened. They went through storms. They went through such severe storms that the main mast of one of the ships was broken. And they had to go down in the bottom of the ship, get the, get the uh, pin out of a printing press to reattach it to the mast, to prop it up, to keep it going. He got so lost that he actually found things he wasn't planning on finding. And every day on these three ships, one of the ships, there was somebody trying to have a mutiny. And yet whenever you read Christopher Columbus' diary, his ship's log, every day he says this. We sailed on. Wouldn't it have been easy to write about all the troubles and all the trials and all the storms and the extreme hunger and all the things that were going on, the discouragement, the mutinies. But he just said, you know what, every day we sailed on. We're just going to keep on trying till we go and get where we want to go. I think that so many of us, we quit too soon. Too many of us, we give up too quickly. I mean, we're just about to turn the corner and, and discover something new in our life, and we just go, no, let's just stop right here. I'm tired. I don't want to try anymore. We, we quit on our marriages. We quit on our kids. We quit on God. Well, God, if you're going to let me go through all this, I don't know if I want to serve you or not. And I don't think any of us can check off too many of the things Paul listed just in that one passage. Maybe one, maybe two, but not 10 or 12. I think sometimes we quit too early. We give up on God too early. When God says, if you just have faith, if you just keep on, if you just hold firm, if you just stand your ground, and sometimes we go, but, but God, I want it to be easy. I want the pastor to give me a message that fixes all my problems. I, I want somebody just to have a magic moment and it just all fixes and disappears, all my problems. Well, that doesn't work like that. Paul said, even if you get a fire in your gut, anger, you got to keep on going. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, the message Bible says this. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued while we're doing good. Don't let yourself do that. How many know that when you're tired, that's the worst time to make a decision? When you're weary, it's the worst time for somebody to ask you. How's it going? Oh, you want me to tell you how it's going? I'll tell you how it's going. Uh, sometimes we get weary. He said, don't let yourselves get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a crop if we don't give up or quit. Don't give up or quit. Don't go out there and look at the, at the little vegetation that you planted two weeks ago. Where's the tomatoes? Where's the beans? Come on, let's go. 
Sometimes you have to wait. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of our faith. Starting where? The people that are closest to you. What do you do? Encourage them. You look at your brother. Man, I want to encourage you today. Keep on trying. I'm tired. Don't become fatigued in doing good. Don't grow weary. The one writer said it this way. Don't grow weary in well-doing because there's going to be a harvest. You just have to be patient and keep on trying. One of the great illustrations of this is in Ure, Colorado. There's a mine there called the Bachelor Syracuse Mine. There were two brothers with the last name Bachelor who started digging this mine, mining for gold. And they kept digging and digging a mile into the mountain, a little over a mile they kept digging, until one of the brothers just became weary and said, you know what, I quit. I'm tired, we've gotten nothing Invested all this time. I, I'm about to run out of money. I don't have, I'm, I'm just done. I'm not going to try anymore. I'm, and so about that time, a guy was sitting across the table listening to him. And he said, um, so what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm just about ready to sell the thing and get out of here. He said, I'll buy it. A guy by the name of Syracuse bought his portion out of that mine. It became known as the Bachelor Syracuse Mine. And so they go in the next day and they start digging again. And 10 feet further, they struck the gold vein in that mountain. It should have just been called the Bachelor Mine. But because somebody gave up too quickly, somebody said, I'm tired of trying. They did not have a triumph. They were defeated. I wonder today if you could go back and get that brother. Maybe he'll be in heaven. He's already passed away, but ask him and say, how do you feel about selling that part of your mind? I guarantee you he had every regret in the world of doing that. You see, I don't think we ever regret trying. I think we regret quitting. We regret giving up on somebody or something too quickly. We should have kept on. I mean, it might be just one more thing you say. It might just be one more thing that you do that would cause that situation to turn around. Don't quit. Don't become fatigued. Don't give up. Keep on trying. And I don't know who I'm saying this to tonight, but I think there's quite a few that are listening that need this message tonight. Paul said this because he knows Every day is filled with challenges. Every day. Every day has an opportunity to quit. They talk about preachers this way. Every Monday, preachers quit. That's why a lot of preachers don't work on Mondays. I work on Mondays. I enjoy working on Mondays. You know why? Because there's no quit in me. I don't quit. I don't give up. As long as I've got breath, the Bible says I'm supposed to keep on keeping on. And I'm not going to quit till it's over. I don't know if any of you watched the um, basketball playoffs. I was rooting for the Phoenix Suns. And it looked to me like a few of them quit before the game buzzer went off. And they lost. And I thought, man, they were so close. So close. 
to a game seven. So close to going back home. Could have won it, but I think they just didn't have enough effort. Didn't have another team comes along and says, Hey, we've got momentum, we've got energy. Let's let's run through this thing. If you're gonna watch any of the Olympics, if you watch any of the track races, the people are running and they don't slow down before they get to the finish line. What do they do? They run harder and they lean into to be the first one to break that ribbon, to win the race. And Paul says life is a race. We're supposed to run this race with what? Endurance. Are you going to get tired? Absolutely. Who doesn't? Are you going to get weary? Absolutely. Who doesn't? Are you going to get frustrated and aggravated and mad? Absolutely. Who doesn't? But the difference is between those who keep on trying and they triumph and those who quit and give up and lose out on the race. I think sometimes we're all prone to being fatigued. Now, if you're a mom, you got a lot on your plate, especially if you've got young kids at home, you're trying to work, you've got young kids. If you're a husband, you got a lot on your plate because you feel the total responsibility of providing for your family. I mean, it's, it's a hard world we're living in today. And boy, our world is changing every day, isn't it? Something's changing every day. And sometimes we get discouraged. But I would tell you tonight, sail on. Sail on. Write down in your, in your diary every day, sailing on. Keeping on, keeping on. Try and try and try. Philippians 1, chapter 1, verses 18 through 21 says this. So how am I to respond? How do you respond to life? I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed, bad, or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed, Paul says. So I just cheer them on. Paul says, I, I'm being treated terrible, but because of my terrible condition, Christ is exalted. So I just... Cheer them on. <laughs> I love Paul. And I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out. How many of you know how it's going to turn out? Paul is in prison. He's about to be escorted down the Appian Way. He's about to have his head chopped off from his body. But Paul says, I'm keeping the celebration going on because I know how this turns out. Through your faithful prayers and your generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, everything He wants to do in and through me will be done. I love that. Don't you love optimistic people? Don't you love people who, no matter what the situation, have always got a smile on their face and they, they, they encourage you and lift you up and you went there to encourage them because they're in a prison situation, they're confined, whatever, and you go there and they, they wind up making you feel better. That's the way Paul was. He said, I can hardly wait to continue on my course. Wow. I can hardly wait to see what God's going to do. I may be in prison, but because of my imprisonment, Christ is being proclaimed among the guards. Guards are getting saved. Hallelujah. People are getting saved outside because they hear about my imprisonment. They hear about the guards getting saved, and they're having revival in the churches. So praise God. He said, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. 
I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happened to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known. Hallelujah. How do you look at your bad situations? Do you look at it as God's forsaken you and God's forgotten about you and God's left you? Or do you look at it as, this is an opportunity for God to be exalted in my life. Going through medical situations, this is an opportunity for God to show His healing in my life. Going through depression, this is a way for God to see that He delivers from anxiety and worry and fear. He said, everything happens so that Christ may be more accurately known, regardless of whether I live or die. You see, Paul had a big picture. He said, the, what's important here is not whether I'm living or whether I die. What's important is that Christ is more accurately known to every person. Wow. They didn't shut me up. They gave me a platform. I love this, don't you? He's like, they, did, they didn't shut me up. They may have shut me in, but they didn't shut me up. They just gave me a platform to proclaim Christ to those in prisons that I couldn't reach before, but now they're in here, they're chained to me, so they've got to listen. I love this. They've got to listen. They gave me a platform. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. If I'm dead, I'm his prize. Wow. Life versus even more life. He said, if, I am, if I'm alive, wonderful. But if I'm dead, I'm in the presence of God. And that's more life than what I have now. I wonder how he could change our perspective of our lives if we started looking at life like Paul did. You know, it's not important whether I live or die. That's not the important thing. The important thing is that I have a platform now to proclaim Jesus Christ. And if I'm alive, I'm a messenger. If I'm dead, then I am God's prize. He will welcome me in and say, Welcome home, my son. You fought a good fight. You kept the faith. You've run the race with endurance. Enter into the joys of the Lord forevermore. More life. Never to cry again. Never to hurt again. Never to have any more problems again. Man, wouldn't that be more life? I think so. Life versus life. Even more life. And then I love this. I can't lose. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I can't lose. Man, the way I'm living, I can't lose. If I live, I'm a messenger. If I die, I'm in his presence and even greater life. I can't lose. Everything's great. But you'd have some of these Christians, I'm sure... That would come in to visit Paul. Paul, Paul, how you doing, buddy? Man, I know you're in prison, and and I know it's you know tough, and uh, we're praying that that God gets you out of here, you know, and we're, we're praying that you'll find favor in the judge's eyes, and and uh, man, we're just so sorry that you're in here. And Paul would probably look at them and go, "What are you talking about? Sorry." Man, I'm able to witness to people. I never had a platform to witness to people before. I'm able to talk to these guards. I'm able to lead them to Christ. They're leaving and going home and talking to their wives and leading them to God, talking to their kids and leading them to the Lord. Man, God's given me a platform here. I get three square meals a day. 
There's been plenty of times in my life I didn't eat at all. I've got clothes on me. There's been times I've been naked. There's been times whenever people are trying to kill me. Nobody's trying to kill me in here. I mean, it's good. I'm, I'm good. Because he had the right perspective in life. And he did what? Kept on trying. Because he knows I can't lose. Even if I die, I triumph through Christ. And church, we've got to make sure we have that kind of perspective. That, hey, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain more life. And I know we none of us want to face mortality. I don't want to face mortality. But if I do face mortality, I pray that I can hang on to what Paul said and try to the very end. I want to, I want to talk to doctors or nurses or, or if you come to visit me at my house and go, Oh, pastor, I'm so sorry. I'm going to go, sorry? Why? I'm about to have no more pain, no more sorrow, no more utility bills, no more house mortgages, no more car payments and insurances, and no more people whining and complaining and telling me this is too bad and that's too Are you kidding me? Life is about to get so much better. Yeah. Because I can't lose. I can't lose. And if you are in Christ, you can't lose you can quit you can give up you can shut up but you can't lose if you keep on trying Paul says I want to tell you I got to keep on trying he said they can't shut me up I'm not going to quit I'm not going to give up I'm going to rise up I'm going to rise up I'm going to use this prison as a platform. And as they're walking me down the Appian Way, I'm going to talk to the ones on either side of me and tell them about Jesus Christ. And tell them how much I know that just a few moments, I'm about to see my Lord and my Savior face to face, and I can't wait. I can't wait to see Him. Paul kept trying because he knew he would triumph. Trying turns adversity into advancement. Every one of us are going to have adversity in our life. We have to turn that adversity into something that advances our life for the kingdom of God. I believe everything I go through, God gives me the ability to have it as a platform to share with you, look what God has done in my life. Um, sometimes when I preach messages, Sandy prays, Lord, help us to handle what the enemy's about to throw at us. She was saying that Sunday, I mean, the message Sunday was awesome. People had a great response. The power of God was here. And Sandy was like, oh, man, this is going to make the devil mad. Sure enough, made the devil mad on Monday. <laughs> but that's when you know you're doing something right. When the enemy's coming against you, man. Paul said he's come against me in every way you can imagine. But I'm not going to lose because I keep on trying. I keep on. And I'm going to rise up. Paul's prison advanced the gospel of Christ. What adversity do you have in your life today? Maybe it's mortality. Keep on trying. Get up every morning. I'm going to make this the best day I can. Maybe it's a marriage situation. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's kids. I don't know. Maybe it's a job. I don't know. 
But whatever adversity you have in your life, God can turn it around for advancement for you and for those around you. Yeah. I've had some bad bosses when I worked in the secular world. But you know what I did? Made me work harder. Made me work harder so they'd look at me and go, hey, Bardwell, you're doing a good job. Thanks, man. People go, he never gives compliments to anybody. I said, well, just work harder. Because whenever you do a good job, whenever things done right, the boss has to say thank you. Yeah. And he'll notice it. And so whenever you keep on trying every day, I promise you, you will triumph. So don't let it be one more try away from triumph and you quit. Don't do that. Keep on trying. I'm going to keep on inviting that person to church. And I'm going to keep on talking to them about Jesus. I'm going to keep on being sweet. I'm going to keep on. Why? Because there's going to come a moment when this trial turns into a trial. Stand with me tonight. Life is full of adversity. That's what it's called, life. If I don't have problems, I get a little nervous. If I don't have trials, I get a little nervous. When everything's running real smooth, it makes me a little nervous. You may say, well, Pastor, you're looking for something. No, I'm not looking for it. I just know the characteristics of the enemy. <laughs> and I know he doesn't leave me alone for very long. And he doesn't leave you alone. Because he knows your weaknesses, and that's where he attacks you. For some of us, it's your temper. For some of you, it's optimism. That's hard for you to have. For some of you, it's patience, meekness, gentleness, kindness. Those things are hard for you. I don't know. Whatever it is that's your weakness, I know the enemy will come in and just attack you and attack you and attack you. But don't give up. Don't stop trying. Father, tonight, help us to keep on trying until we triumph. Help tonight for all of us to get more oomph in our try so that we can triumph in this life. And help us to get the right perspective that we can't lose if we are in Christ. We can't lose. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Paul writing these things down to encourage us today. And thank you, God, that your word is forever. It does not change. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Amen and amen. Sunday, you want to be here. The title of my message is, Looks Like Rain. Have you ever walked outside and looked up and go, hey, it looks like it's raining. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.